If you're growing a business or just thinking about launching a startup, this is definitely the podcast for you. This is Fast Forward, brought to you by Tech Manchester. We support early stage tech focused businesses. Each week, we'll dive into the issues that we know keep entrepreneurs awake at night. We'll chat to experts who'll share their tips and advice on how to handle everything from raising finance, making your first hire, to getting your company noticed on social media or in the press. Running a business is a roller coaster. It's exhilarating, but it's pretty damn scary at times too. We're here to help you get your business off the ground and hopefully get a better night's sleep. It's hosted by me, Patricia Keating, Executive Director at Tech Manchester. Standing in a tin shed, waiting for a van to come. Old friend, have you seen where my golden tickets be? Welcome back to Fast Forward. The summer holidays have finally begun and you can tell because last week everyone was clearing out their task list and heading to the seaside because we had over 20 events to speak or host or attend different events coming up in the autumn. And we nailed our own plan a week and we have now an autumn winter season fully stacked um, of different events and workshops that are going to be there to help support your business So we've got four tech class workshops, whether that's on personal brand, confidence, public speaking, cyber for SMEs, all lined up, which will be recorded and broadcast on Tech Manchester TV, which you can follow on YouTube. And then we're also planning to pull together the VC Angel and Debt Funding community to deliver a fundraising money morning here at UK Fast. So everything that you'll need if you're thinking about raising and you need a funding strategy, you'll be able to come in in the morning and leave with a strategy by the end before lunchtime. We've also got a non-exec director planned uh, event planned for the mentors. Uh, Solidarity in Tech are, for BM in Tech are coming back for their second birthday. And uh, we're working in collaboration with the UK Business Angels to deliver a women's investment forum to get more women into investing. That's all kicking off um, from September. Uh, register on techmanchester.co.uk to receive the upcoming events, newsletters and monthly news uh, to get the first shout out on some of those events. So we've got a really busy um so, uh, winter season planned. But today we are here to talk about your businesses. We're here to talk about how do we generate more leads. And one of the ways that businesses do that is through exhibitions and expos. Now, these days, most of our interactions with clients and customers is done through some sort of tech. You've got emails, social media, Skype calls. But as we've talked about in some of our previous episodes, there is no substitute for face to face interactions. And there's no live marketing tool quite like exhibiting at events and trade shows. So this episode is dedicated to helping you generate more leads from those exhibitions and avoiding the pitfalls that so many companies fall into, which is essentially going to an expo without a purpose and coming away disappointed because you haven't generated the leads or uh, inquiries or presence that you wanted to. So to help us navigate that landscape, I'm joined today by Lee Alley, founder of Expo Stars, which specifically helps companies generate that business by taking a different, a different approach to exhibiting. And his team have now managed over 300 projects in 53 countries, which is, which is amazing. So can't wait to hear about this today. So welcome, Lee. Thank you. So you set up Expo Stars 12 years ago after a trip to an exhibition yourself, which was 
in Chicago. Yeah. Um, tell us about, about what you were doing. Like, what obviously you were doing something else with your life at that time. Um, yeah. What were you doing? What prompted you to go there? And um, what was it that sparked the idea for this particular business? Sure. Um, so uh, at that moment in time, it was actually uh, on the 1st of August, 31st of July and 1st of August, 12 years ago, uh, that we made the trip to Oh, Chicago. it's your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, so at that moment in time, I was working as a um, um, sales and marketing consultant for um, an online uh, software development company that mm-hmm. just developed uh, a desktop alert system. And since then, obviously, there's a, a lot of desktop notification software uh, that's become available. So at that time, um, we made the classic mistake of being approached by an exhibition organiser saying, your business would be great at our exhibition. Come and please exhibit. Um, we've got these stands for you. Uh, so we chose one, and unfortunately it was actually at the back of the room because we booked it quite late. Mm-hmm. And when we got there, obviously we set it up. We had a nice pop-up. Uh, there was uh, two of us uh, that went along uh, to the exhibition. And, of course, being at the back of the room meant that we had very little traffic flow. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, classic mistake that we made was that uh, yeah, it's uh, an exhibition. It'll have a lot of people there. A lot of them um, will come to our booth, uh, talk to us uh, about our fantastic piece of software. And of course, what we've got to think about was how on earth are we going to get those people from the entrance uh, to our booth at the back of the hall? Mm-hmm. So, uh, twiddling my thumbs uh, because we had no traffic, I decided to. Uh, go out uh, in the aisles and see what was what, what other companies were doing. And um, that's when the light bulb moment actually occurred. (laughs) So a lead generator uh, that was hired by another exhibitor, what she was doing was actually approaching every single person that was walking past the booth. And as I was walking past, um, uh, she engaged me, uh, asked me uh, some uh, important questions uh, to get to know about me. The most important thing was that she made it about me. She didn't say who she was, what company she was with. Um, she asked me what I was doing at the show, um, uh, what my challenges were with CRM software, and uh, if I was interested in saving time, money, and yeah. wh- whatever it was. So within two minutes, she had me engaged she had me interested in a product uh they provided a demo and then they collected my details and it was all systematic and they were doing that for every single person that was actually walking past the booth and i thought to myself um why is this company taking this approach and everybody else is just standing around waiting. just standing around and waiting and Uh, I went to the side and actually observed for about 30 minutes in terms of the whole process that they were undertaking. Well, you didn't need to be back at your booth because there was nobody there. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Um, And I thought, um, having been in sales and marketing... Sorry, whoever you were working for. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter. Um, So, um, having experienced that um, and uh, having been in sales and marketing all of my life... um, 
having experienced um, uh, the concept of AIDA, uh, which is attention, interest, um, desire and action, uh, which which is what everybody uses for, uh, you know, effective marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that process ticked all the boxes. Um, so they were engaging people, they were getting them curious, uh, they were getting to know about them, they were being qualified so that the sales reps would actually have meaningful conversations. Mm. And uh, at the end of it, they would actually collect the relevant details in terms of what I was interested in and how I wanted to proceed with the conversation after the event. So the process was absolutely perfect. And I thought to myself, and I've been to a lot of these exhibitions as an exhibitor and as a visitor, and it was one of the only times where I could actually remember a systemized um, an automated process where they had an objective, they were actually qualifying the leads, and uh, they were actually measuring in how successful they were. So they'd systemized uh, it. Yeah. And I thought to myself, well, who's actually doing this? And I was talking to the person who actually engaged me, and uh, from what I learned about the conversation is that uh, there are people out there who are wonderful at actually engaging people. They have the right personality, they have the right char- uh, characteristics. Um, and having, uh, just previous to the job I was in uh, at that time, I'd actually worked on uh, live television and actually knew some of the presenters back in the UK who were working on game shows, on QVC and everything mm-hmm. else. So I came back from the exhibition and I thought to myself, um, this person was actually great at actually engaging people. Are there any other people that I know who could do what uh, this person was doing? And um, I actually approached all these presenters that I knew and asked them the question, um, what you do on live television, do you think you'd be able to do in a live environment? Um, and uh, I told them uh, what my initial idea was in terms of starting an agency that helped the businesses to engage people and um, uh, a lot of them thought it was a great idea and they were willing to you know work uh, for my agency and uh, undertake those projects and so presenters um, doing side hustles yeah exactly yeah <laughs> nice. yeah and uh, that's when the idea was born and um, it took me about three to four months to really put everything into place um, and then we after um I sort of, I kind of sought a lot of advice from people, uh, but a lot of them said, well, it's exhibitions, it's been around for 30, 40 years, you've got nothing new to offer, um, vice versa. So I got a lot of kind of negative uh, response. Mm-hmm. Um, but having been in sales and marketing, and I thought, well, nobody's actually doing this that I've seen in the UK or even Europe. Um, and I think I can go... Um, uh, make a go of it. I'm quite stubborn as it is anyway. <laughs> if I get an idea in my head, I'll, yeah. you know, make, I'll try and make it happen. So, um, so I did a lot of research and I thought, you know, is there a gap in the market? Um, and we obviously I found out that there was, uh, there was a lot of staffing companies who provided booth hostesses, uh, brand ambassadors and uh, presenters as well. Uh, then obviously there was a lot of stand building companies who actually managed to design the booths and everything else. 
uh, but there's no gap in the mo- uh, there was no one actually specializing in actually helping clients uh, the exhibitors um, to get their strategy right and to get the face to face engagement right and I thought um, yeah we can do this um, so I started the company in my bedroom I designed my own website uh, put it live one weekend <laughs> Um, uh, I knew a few people in my telecoms industry, uh, in my telecom days, um, and um, I got my first gig within two weeks of actually making the website live. And I always remember that our first gig was actually demonstrating a golf uh, putting machine yeah. that uh, we sold to. Where put- was that? It was actually at the Ice uh, Gaming Show. Um, it was a casino and gaming exhibition yeah. in London, and that was uh, January two thousand and eight, um, where we got the gig. So, right in the middle of the crash. Right in the middle <laughs> of the crash, easy. and that was. Uh, it's funny you should mention that because everybody told me not to start the business because we were in the middle of a major recession, mm-hmm. and. I thought, why not? This is where people need our uh, support the, the most. most. Yeah, because everybody's cutting back on the marketing dollar. So let's, you know, uh, help them use it wisely. Um, and I think uh, at that time, it was, I mean, it was quite difficult um, to get up, things up and running. But, um, you know, when you're a s- small one-person ba- uh, mm-hmm. company, you can, you can actually afford to take a lot of risks. Um, for me, it wasn't actually about the money uh, because obviously I left my corporate life and I had a bit of... Don't think anybody starts a business for the money. <laughs> you got a big spec, you're not going to have any for a long time. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and I think um, when you're in the, in, in the early days, mm. it's gotta, you've got to really, really push your passion uh, yeah. and actually sell that. Uh, to your prospective uh, uh, customers, okay, because uh, that's what you're selling. You're selling you uh, and your ideas, okay, mm-hmm. and the product and uh, the services that you offer are secondary, okay, and I think um, that's what kind of worked for me is that it was me, it was my concept, it was my personality behind it, and I always remember, um, and that's what I sold. Uh, I wasn't selling a product. I was selling an idea that we could actually help them uh, achieve better results. Um, and I was, get like I get it. Yeah, you know, I've yeah. I've been that person on the expo stands, and yeah. like I I don't mind doing it. I'll talk to like I'll talk to like that table. Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk to anything. <laughs> but for many people who are working in companies, if they were told that they had to go to an exhibition and try and talk to every single person that passed their um, stand, yeah. they, it would terrorise them. You know, there's yeah. there's people who would prefer to die than to yeah. do that. Absolutely, and, yeah. yeah. you know, we both know like the average cost of a of an exhibition stand. You're talking about five, six, seven upwards for a small stand at one exhibition. Yeah. So many companies will say, oh, that, that exhibition was no good because we didn't get any leads out of it. But it may be because they didn't have the right engagement people on the stand in the first place. Absolutely, yeah. The key thing is is that uh, when you go to an exhibition, you remember you have the whole industry, or well, part of the industry in the room. And um, the beautiful thing about um, exhibitions is that uh, people have given you permission uh, to actually market to them. Okay, they're coming mm-hmm. to that exhibition uh, to find out what's new in the industry. Stuff. 
Yeah. They're looking for uh, to learn uh, new things. Uh, they're looking for new solutions. Uh, they're looking for, um, you know, solutions that can actually help them do their job better. Um, so uh, they're actually giving you permission to actually talk to them. Yeah, so, it's almost like a warm lead. Exactly. Yeah. You're just hate, uh, and you're actually up. bypassing two or three steps of the sales process um, by actually going to an exhibition because these are warm leads. Okay, they're interested. Okay, they're part of the industry. Okay, um, and they're saying to you, okay, uh, I'm here. Come and talk to me and tell me how you can actually help me mm. do my job better. Okay, so what businesses need to do is think about. Okay, the first thing uh, on their agenda should be, how can we get in front of this person, uh, arouse curiosity in them to come and talk to us? Uh, and that's what businesses uh, find um, a challenge. And, and the reason for that is um, I always find that it's um, behaviour that's been programmed through the ages because exhibitions... Uh, normally everybody likes to talk about themselves. So how many times have you gone to an exhibition, you've gone up to a booth and you've said, oh, your company looks uh, interesting, uh, tell me what is it that you do? Yeah. So instead of asking questions to it's the attendee... feature dump time. So you do a 10-minute speech and uh, the attendee says, well, thanks for that. It's not something that I'm actually looking for uh, right now. And they walk off, okay? Whereas... Um, if you actually measured about your target audience and you actually qualified them first and you actually understood what their challenges were, well, first of all, who they were, what the challenges are, and whether they actually had any buying authority, what time frame they were looking at changing their solutions or what mm. challenges they had with their existing solutions. If you had uh, asked them about all of that information, you've got a valuable information that you can actually then turn around into... Um, giving them a very effective uh, uh, conversation. So uh, I think a lot of our time is challenging those, uh, challenging that mindset uh, of a customer uh, to say, look, it's not about you, it's actually about your target audience, okay? And what can you do uh, during the exhibition that actually uh, makes them feel important, uh, arouses their curiosity, and uh, gives them a compelling reason to actually come back and uh, talk to you after the event. It sounds like you've done that successfully if you've now taken that to 300 different projects across across the world. Um, how is it that you go about doing that? Is that about training the companies to do that better or do you provide the staff or what? Like, what's the best course of action for for companies who are you know, preparing to exhibit and what, what what approach should they take to try and get the most out of their um, events? Yeah. Um, the first thing that we always look at is uh, the strategy, okay? Uh, and the first question that we ask is, why are they exhibiting? Mm. Uh, what is the purpose behind that? Uh, is it to get more clients? Is it to raise brand awareness? Uh, or most often when we ask that question, we do get the reply that because their competitors are there. <laughs> <laughs> Which is okay. It's still an answer, right? Yeah, it's still an answer. So that and should be every business before yeah. they decide to exhibit should be yeah. asking themselves. Yeah. Rather than somebody, like you said, at the very start of the story was yeah. the exhibitor essentially convinced you to yeah. exhibit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So 
Uh, were you sold the space? Or did you have that exhibition uh, as part of your uh, business growth strategy? Mm-hmm. So, and then what we tried to do as well is um, build the bridge between the exhibition and the business growth strategy. Okay, so, um, and again, it's differentiating between is it a sales exercise or is it a marketing exercise? So once you know the answer to that, um, and then once uh, you actually do your business growth strategy every year, uh, and then what you can do is actually say, well, what exhibitions can we actually go to that actually has our target audience um, that will actually help us find new customers to meet our business growth um, objectives? Okay, so if a customer needs to grow, if their objective every year is to grow by £250,000, let's say, Mm -hmm. so um, the question is, right, how many customers do you need to get that £250,000? And how many of those customers can you get from that exhibition? Okay, so, um, and that's why when we look at the strategy, we actually do an activity plan. Okay, so we look at uh, the average order value, uh, then we take it back. Um, so once we understand what the average order value is, mm-hmm. uh, we look at how many interactions uh, a company needs to do before they um, can do the sale. Yeah. So, and then... So their sales funnel. How many, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So uh, by the end of it, uh, what we know then is that to get, let's say, to get 250,000, they need 10 customers with an average value of 25,000. So... Uh, to get those 10 clients, uh, we can say that at an exhibition, they need to say hello to approximately 1,000 people, okay? And then over three days, um, our target is to say hello to those 1,000 people and um, filter that accordingly so that at the, ad- at, the ad- at, the- at the end of the funnel, they will get 10 customers. Mm-hmm. So uh, how do we get from 1,000 to 10? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of companies don't realize that. Okay. And But there's there's even a question that you would ask yeah. yourself in the first place. So if those were your targets and that's what you know you know that you need to you know, to get ten customers you have to speak to a thousand people. Yeah. Um then you can look at the quality of the exposition at the expo and it's like if there's not a thousand people going then you're not gonna get you're not gonna achieve your goal. Absolutely, yeah. So when you are doing the strategy and when you're planning ahead um, we have some very important questions that we put to our clients. Mm-hmm. And one of those is, obviously, after the question, why are you going to the exhibition? How many um, prospective, how many of your prospective target audience actually going to be in the room? Mm. Okay. So, and that's where you ask the uncomfortable questions to the exhibition organizer. And you say, well, this is my target audience. How many of those people are going to come to those uh, to to your exhibition? And if out of uh, all the exhibition organisers, and they're going to hate me for saying this, <laughs> I was going to say, how truthful are these event organisers? Because they're just going to say all of them. They're all here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So every delegate is yeah, for that target audience. But every business can actually ask an organiser, "Can you send me a profile of your visitors?" Okay. 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 And yeah. they can actually break it down by job title. Uh, they can uh, uh, break it down by age groups. They can break it down. And I, they should be able to. Yeah, they yeah. should. I mean, and if they can't? If they can't, then 
uh, it's not a, a show worth uh, exhibiting at. Interesting. Okay. okay. Because yeah. if they don't know who's in the room, then how can you do business with them? Okay. Yeah. So good piece of advice. Absolutely. Um, so it's very very important that um, whoever is planning, whoever is in charge of the exhibition, should be asking these questions uh, to the organizer. And if they haven't got the right kind of audience in the room, then it should be a no. Yeah. Okay. Um, and even a lot of the time, uh, just last week actually, I was approached by an exhibition organizer to say we have we've got this event and we've got some uh, we've had a late cancellation and um, we can offer the space to you at this cost. Oh. Okay. <laughs> People get, don't they? They just yeah. go for it because yeah, they're like, oh, it's half the price. Yeah, exactly, half the price. But uh, think about all the related costs, okay? You're taking two or three days out of the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, your team, gonna, whoever you decide to take with you, you're going to take them out as well. Then you've got the time to travel. Then Stand costs. Stand costs. Merchandise. Merchandise and everything. So uh, even that cheap space is going to cost you... Uh, an arm and a leg uh, before you know it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would always refrain that if it isn't in your business growth plan and if you do not make any last-minute decisions to go and actually exhibit. Because, or ask the same questions. Uh, ask the same questions, but uh, if it's last-minute, I wouldn't do it because you, you, I would recommend that you have at least four to six months before you actually um, exhibit at a show. Right. You definitely need four to six months to plan ahead. Is that a common mistake that companies make, do you think, Absolutely, that they don't yeah. plan? Yeah. What yeah. would you be doing in that four to six months to make sure that um, you optimize? Well, uh, in that four to six months, you need to have a uh, before, during, and after strategy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the before strategy is right. Uh, obviously, everything to do with the logistics. Okay, uh, understanding who your target audience is, how you're going to target them, what your uh, touch points are going to be. Okay, so uh, as we all know uh, in today's uh, uh, electronic age, what we're looking at is um, to get. A client, you need to have between 8 to 12 touch points before they become uh, 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 a client. Okay, yeah. From being a prospect to being a client, sure. uh, you need to have 8 to 12 touch points, whether that's emails, sales calls, face-to-face interactions, or webinars, or seminar, whatever yeah. it is, uh, you need to have 8 to 12 touch points. And in some industries, um, there's even life cycles, a uh, sales cycle of up to two to three years before they become a client. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, you need to look at in your before strategy is uh, recognize who your target audience is, make a list of the people that you want to uh, target. Are they going to be at the show? Um, and then also look at your customer uh, booth journey. Okay, so what are you going to uh, say to them? Yeah. Okay, once you've actually got them on the booth, uh, what kind of products are you going to sell? Okay, are they new products? Are you going to upsell your existing products? Um, and then what you've got to do is look at uh, how you're going to deal with them afterward. What does the process look like after uh, you've collected the information? Uh, and uh, how long is that journey going to be before they become a client? Okay, so... Um, then obviously you need to look at who are the right people, okay, so uh, to actually be at the booth, okay, what kind of tasks those people will actually be doing, Mm -hmm. and do you have the right people on the booth to actually be engaging uh, 
uh, those uh, prospective target audience. Yeah, because you need highly resilient people. Oh, yeah. Rejection. Expect rejection (laughs) 999 times out of a thousand. Absolutely. Um, And still do it with a smile on your face. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, this is where Expo Stars comes in, okay, because in a business, um, uh, a lot of businesses don't actually have people uh, who can actually face that resilience. A big mistake that businesses make is that they like to take their salespeople who are used to field selling, okay, and they're not used to that constant uh, one-to-one engagement. Um, And obviously handling the rejection can be uh, uh, quite a challenging experience. Um, So what we do is we have people who have been recruited. Uh, A lot of them are actors and actresses. Um, who can actually adapt to the situation, uh, who can actually learn a script, and whose uh, job is purely to engage with the attendees, ask them the questions, qualify them, and then bring them uh, and introduce them to the team. So we take a lot of that headache away, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, we can also train businesses uh, and their own people uh, to do that, um, but it is very, very challenging to have a smile on your face from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and the advice that we always give is you never know who is walking past until you ask the question. And you, um, uh, and that is always challenging. You could actually have a potential £1 million deal yeah. walking past your booth and because you're too busy talking to your colleagues or you're busy on your mobile phone... Yeah. Oh, busy. Checking out your social. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you do, like, you literally only have a few seconds um, to capture somebody's attention before they move on. Absolutely. And yeah. if somebody's trying to do that for themselves, um, you know, how, like, what are they sort of, how do you actually do it? And then, like, leave that lasting positive impression with them, you know, because you're maybe not going to get the, you know, that could be a slow burner, as you said. It could be, you know, 8 to 12 engagements down the road, even if you've maybe done some pre-engagement with yeah. um, attendees. But how, how can small businesses potentially, you know, who are trying to do that for themselves, what are the sort of key pointers that you would give them in terms of how they do that? The first key point is to have the mindset uh, of uh, to be only doing one of two things while you're actually at the exhibition booth. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is talking to people. And number two is getting ready to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you have that mindset, yeah. so getting ready Bring to... Bring a lot of Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Other recaffeinated drinks are available. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously uh, keeping hydrated is one thing. Uh, but one of the key things is to actually... Um, that mindset of being ready to talk to people is vitally important. And how you can do that effectively is by having an open body language, okay, standing upright, uh, shoulders back, chest out, smiling, okay, and um, smiling so you actually want to be there, okay. Uh, when we, I've worked a lot of show flows, and it's amazing uh, how many people's body language actually shows to me that they don't, uh, the exhibition is the last place that they actually want to be. Um, and that always is quite disappointing because. Um, when you have that negative body language, uh, people 
it actually shows it actually uh, it, it is negative energy and that, do you see that change throughout the day because I'd, th- I'd say even the most energetic founder who loves their business to death yeah. and would talk about it all day yeah. you know standing on your feet for an exhibition uh, you know for eight nine hours plus the prep time you're living there from six o'clock in the morning yeah. to have the same level of energy at three o'clock in the afternoon yeah. when the you know the attendees are starting to tail off a bit as well as that you had at 10 o'clock in the morning that's it's incredibly difficult. Would you recommend people do it all day or yeah. um, how well, do you maintain it? Yeah, uh, to maintain it, um, what we always recommend is to actually have rotors, okay? So plenty of rest in between uh, is vital. Um, uh, but you know what? Um, energy feeds energy. And if you're actually having, if you have that mindset of wanting to talk to people, mm-hmm. um uh, and you're actually enjoying the process, uh, guess what? The time will pass. Um, like, uh, it will literally, you will not actually notice the time. Mm. Um, but with your legs, and I'm speaking from personal experience because <laughs> I've done this, you know, I've done it for years. Yeah. Uh, the key to success, I always say, standing up is comfortable shoes. Mm. Okay. Um, and uh, like I say, you don't notice those things because if you have the goals and if you set yourself a goal of, uh, talking to 30 people or 40 people and you're knocking that off, okay, uh, and you're actually enjoying the process, um, then your energy uh, looks after itself um, um, quite well, okay, because it actually feeds, because if you're actually enjoying yeah. it, if you actually, I mean, how many times have you actually done something that you've really enjoyed and then you've actually looked at the time and you think, where did that time go? Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same at an exhibition. Um, uh, we just recently did an event in uh, Las Vegas back in March, uh, and I was actually working our own booth. Yeah. And all about Expo Stars. All about Expo Stars. Nice. So we um, uh, we do what we preach. Yeah. I'm <laughs> available for Las Vegas. Like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. We're actually planning ahead. So Sarah and Jamie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're actually planning ahead already for yeah, uh, thumbs up from next, the yeah, yeah, for next March. Um, uh, but uh, so your energy levels are important. Uh, actually, having a rotor. So if mm-hmm. you have shifts, for example, uh, four hours or t- uh, two hours on the booth, one hour rest, or something along those lines, mm-hmm. um, that actually conserves a lot of uh, energy levels for you. Uh, and it's got to be teamwork as well. Okay, you've got to work as a team. Um, and you've got to have, uh, you've got to meet those objectives as a team as well. So if you make it fun, okay, for the whole team. Yeah. Uh, uh, and again, um, that creates positive energy. And if you have positive energy, guess what? That actually uh, translates throughout the show floor. And people are actually attracted, attracted to, to that. Attracted to yeah. Yeah, so. Should the goal be about speaking to people rather than leads? Um. It's you know, both. having engaged conversation, yeah. you know, having yeah. good, con- you know, conversations. <clears throat> um, it's both. It's actually having controlled conversations. Um, it's uh, the key things for me uh, in those conversations are understanding who you're talking to. Um, and actually, once you've actually understood who they are and whether they actually serve a purpose or not, I know this sounds very harsh, and a lot of people want to be polite and they don't want to let people go, okay? 
But remember, if you have a target to talk to a thousand people to get your 10 clients, mm -hmm. you need to make that process as efficient as possible. Yeah. Okay. So you have a very limited time. So remember when I said before, you don't know who's walking past until you ask them. Okay. So you need to get through as many people as possible. So is there a key set of, like, have you, is there a key set of questions that you know, or your fail-safe go-to, this is the key pieces of information you should get from each person. Yeah. And uh, also, importantly, how do you exit those conversations? Because we've all been at those networking events where you can't get rid of the person. So yeah. um, you don't want them to leave with a negative thought because you've just read, I've got the information from me and I jog on. Yeah. You know, how do you do yeah. that? There is a very good... At speed, good at speed. Yeah. So there is a very good process. Um uh, and again, uh, this is part of our uh, core training that we provide to all staff members. So mm -hmm. uh, the key to uh, have, to opening the conversation is a nice smile and saying, what brings you to the show today? Mm -hmm. Okay, it's an open question. Yeah. And um, it's uh, non-confrontational. Um, and pe most people will say, uh, yeah, I'm just looking around um, and I was here to do X, Y, and Z. So yeah. immediately you get an idea of why they're actually at the show. Um, and then the, um, the next question is obviously uh, who they are, okay? Uh, so tell me a bit more about what you're looking to find from the show, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, what have you found interesting at the show? Um, so uh, nice open questions that will bring you a lot of information. Um, so the key information that you need to continue with the conversation is uh, who they are, what their buying authority is, when are they actually looking to uh, make a decision or when they, are they going to be in the market for your product and service. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, you know, um, you know, get to know them uh, a bit more about them in terms of uh, geographically where they're from and um, what their uh, what what their key uh, drivers are uh, for um, making um, uh, for choosing a new supplier. So um, uh, we teach um, we explain to our clients that there are only ever five motivators or drivers uh, that motivate people to buy something. Okay, um, and. Uh, all the all your questions should be uh, driven towards getting information from that client to understand what those five motivators are. What can they gain? What can they reduce, increase, improve, or save? Um, so, uh, if you think back to the uh, something that you've actually bought uh, recently, mm -hmm. and uh, you can actually filter down. Uh, to one of those five reasons, whatever that, that may be. I could give you a million examples. Lee, I've just bought a house and had no furnishing, so I've literally bought absolutely everything for a house because yeah. I need it all because <laughs> I had nothing. Yeah, absolutely. I had a footstool yeah. and uh, a shelf yeah. and my clothes. Okay, so that was a need. So yeah. that obviously you bought that thing because it may have obviously improved your house. Yeah, okay. definitely. Okay, it might, might have increased your comfort. While you're sitting down, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All of these things. Yeah, so the exercise yeah. uh, I always recommend businesses to do uh, before they actually go out to an exhibition is think about why their target audience would actually want to do business with them, mm. okay? And think about the key interest statements and uh, what drivers uh, potentially they could actually uh, solve, okay? So once you actually understand that, and once you understand why your target audience is buying, that will actually dictate the questions that you will actually ask them, okay? And then you can actually have 
a script that uh, within two or three minutes um, would actually um, you can actually ask uh, your target audience so that will actually qualify them whether you want to continue that conversation or not. And once you've actually found out that yeah, this could be a prospective um, uh, pr- uh, client for us, yeah. what you can do is you can continue the conversation into a quick product demonstration, mm-hmm. or you can actually politely dismiss them. Um, That's the key. Tell us how you do that. Okay. Everybody wants to know how you do that. Okay. So, um, uh, did you ever watch? Do you ever watch any late night American chat shows? Um, did you ever watch David Letterman? Not really. Okay. So they always have a wonderful technique. And uh, a long time ago, I was taught this. And it's called the David Letterman technique. And what um, if you ever watch the David Letterman show late at night, um, he has this wonderful conversation with all his celebrities. And then right in the middle of uh, when he needs to go to a break or something or it's time for the next guest, mm-hmm. uh, he would simply look in the celebrity's eyes and he would say, uh, Angelina, uh, it was wonderful to have you on the show. Um, puts his hand out uh, and enjoy the rest of your evening. Uh, puts his hand out, shakes the hand, and then faces the camera, and it's time to go on. And you can do something very similar, and you can say to your prospect, uh, David, it was a pleasure to meet you. Uh, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of the show. Uh, shake his hand and move on. And that's it? And that's it. Because... You recognize, you need to recognize when um, uh, the conversation needs to finish Mm -hmm. because a lot of people visit the shows and they're looking for somebody to talk to. Uh, They don't have any agendas, okay, and they just want to continue that conversation, okay? And as a business, you need to know when when to actually stop because remember, you have a target, okay, you need to... Get X amount of people. Yeah. Okay. We're kind of everybody's there for the same reason. It's like networking events. Exactly. You know, exactly, you're there yeah. to talk to lots of people. Yeah. Absolutely. Unless you yeah. are there to just talk to one person that Absol- you wanted to speak Absol- to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you know the person, um, there's a time and a place. Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe uh, if you want to do a meeting with them, you can politely say, look, I'm busy right now because it's peak exhibition time, mm-hmm. but maybe let's catch up over lunch yeah. or let's set up uh, a coffee, coffee, coffee yeah. shop. Yeah, I'm totally going to try that yeah. David Letterman approach because I'm terrible at getting out of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so easy to do. And yeah. it's amazing how people don't, don't try that. And nobody is going to be offended. No. Because they know... They uh, want you to do it. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, they know that you're there for business. And they're there for business. They're and they there don't for know business, how to get out yeah. of conversation okay. either. Uh, another good way yeah. of actually doing that is um, uh, introducing to somebody else. Okay. That's the one I, I normally do that. Yeah. Because uh, I, li- like, I never like to leave people on yeah, their own. <laughs> uh, absolutely, yeah. And a good way of... Um, Have you seen this stand? It also yeah. might blah, blah, blah. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, when you actually have a process, okay, uh, that actually takes care of that problem as well because you have one person actually doing the qualification, you have another person doing the demonstrations, and you have another person d- collecting the data, okay? And if you have a journey on the booth... Uh, that takes care of all of that, then you don't have that issue because everything is timed. Oh, yeah. So it's like, come yeah. and speak to Joe. He's yeah. going to take your details. Exactly. So just going back to that data piece, because that's actually really important. I wanted to come back to that, just listen to what you were saying. So you're asking as a 
as a lead generator, you're saying, tell me about you, tell me about why you're at the show, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And But how are they capturing that data real time? Because you have to be very eye contact driven, Has to can't be there sitting inputting yeah. data as you're having that first connection. Yeah. Yeah. So how are they transmitting, how are they communicating that data that they're essentially hearing yeah. into somewhere tangible that can be then produced to the company or... Um, you know, to the business to say, here's who I spoke to and this is what they said, without that person having to then repeat themselves when they go and speak to Ben in the booth. Yeah. Um, in the process that we use, um, the, uh, what we do is uh, we put the emphasis in learning about um, uh, the uh, visitor, first of all. Yeah. Okay. Then doing a product demonstration. Okay. And then at the end, uh, we politely give a feedback form to the attendee mm -hmm. to fill in themselves. Okay. And that has some key questions, okay? And they volunteer that information. Okay. Okay? So the, the key thing behind that is when you're doing the initial engagement piece, uh, the lead generator needs to be very present, okay, um, in the conversation, not making notes. Yeah. Uh, they need to be listening, taking everything on board. Eye contact. Eye contact. Uh, building that initial relationship, rapport, yeah. uh, rapport and everything. So um, when you do the demonstration, and and again, when once you actually have that journey, okay, um, at the end, uh, it should be a very simple questionnaire, like a tick box, okay? Um, and it should be like three questions, or three to five questions. Um, and then, um, again, uh, a statement saying, uh, please contact me after the event. I want to learn more about, and I actually have two yeah. or three products, okay, that they take that they want to learn more about, um, and then get them to fill in the details. And are the three or four questions the same ones that they've asked in the first kind of engagement? You no, know, tell me about you, tell me about your business, that kind of question? Or what are no, the questions? No, it deals with their. Um, uh, business uh, in terms of it can be anything that you want it to be it could be market research questions so for example if you want content if you want to do a quick survey of the industry yeah okay and you want to uh, put some content together as a result of your research sure. I mean uh, going back to a conversation that you mentioned uh, um, the thing that you mentioned earlier on in the conversation is uh, your objectives uh, for being at the show and one of the uh, uh, great objectives at a show can be market research uh, because the whole industry is in the room and who better ask for that market research yeah. uh, than those people in, in the business. So okay. like what kind of key challenges are you dealing exactly, with? Exactly, yeah. What do you want to learn about? What's your Absolute. priorities at the board level? Absolutely, okay. yeah. And you can reuse okay. that nice. research uh, for your after. So yeah. uh, we did a piece um, uh, when we did the exhibition in Las Vegas and we did a piece of what we learned uh, at Exhibit Alive in Las Vegas. Yeah. And we sent out to all the database. We had some uh, video interviews with some of the key players uh, in the exhibition industry. Um, and that we actually extended the life of the exhibition uh, beyond for the whole year. Yeah. Okay. So you can write a blog about Exactly. You know, we were at this thing. We spoke to 500 people. And yeah. Uh, this is the top uh, 10 things that they were interested in and here's your, our thoughts on them. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we extend that uh, for the rest of the 12 months because uh, it's amazing how much material you mm -hmm. can actually get out of the exhibition. Recycle, and yeah. then uh, and the most important thing is um, you can keep communicating that information to the people that you've collected the data from and you have those touch points. Yeah, Okay. and can, an engaged audience. Uh, yeah, and an engaged like, oh, yeah, audience. 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, it goes back to the strategy. How are you going to use that trade show and what touch points you're going to have and how soon will it be before that person converts into a client? And one of my big things uh, that I'd like to talk about is it's a lot of time and effort when you collect all these leads, you've got these business cards and you come back to the office and you have to call them all. And, <laughs> and well, put them into your zero. <laughs> but um, one of the um, great things um, that a business can do uh, in the whole strategy is put the emphasis on the prospective audience wanting to get in touch with the client themselves. Okay, so uh, running an activity, uh, uh, educating that uh, prospective uh, target, okay, and giving them a compelling reason. So after they go back to their office, uh, make them want to call you after the event and want to do business with you. Okay, Okay? that sounds like there's a secret sauce in there. What is it? How do you get them to do it? Uh, by following the strategy I've just described. <laughs> so having a, um, so having the right people, having the right strategy, uh, having the right engagement journey on the booth, okay? yeah. uh, and actually understanding your target audience and uh, understanding what their five uh, key motivators are uh, to do business. So if you go through that process and yeah. you're ticking all those boxes... Your phone's going to be ringing off the hook. Exactly. Or your web chat yeah, these days. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. And you're gonna, what you're going to do is you're going to take the pressure of your salespeople, okay? And if you can get the, your top 10% of leads automatically coming to you to do business, okay, uh, and that will take care of your uh, the cost that's actually... Um, you've put in into the exhibition yeah and then uh, your sales guys um all the business that they can do down the line um you know that's going to help you achieve your um you know your growth target uh, so uh, and i think as much as you can do uh, before during and after the exhibition and put the emphasis on your target audience okay um actually understanding them driving them um, and giving them the right messages. Yeah. Uh, and think, getting them to ring you. I really exactly. like that. Yeah, yeah. I really I think like that. that uh, I, I mean, my definition of uh, a great exhibition process is creating a compelling reason mm. uh, for your target audience to come back uh, to you. Give them some kind of promo code that you can, yeah, they can absolutely. call up and it yeah. links back to the exhibition uh, yeah. so you know that yeah. lead has come from yeah. there. And uh, another key thing is to actually extend that relationship after the exhibition. And one of the key things that we uh, recommend a business does is to have more live events where they can get face-to-face. So um, so after the exhibition, maybe uh, do an invite, okay, to the, to your offices, okay, run a webinar, run a seminar mm-hmm. where you have, where you're the company that's actually Remember, when you go to an exhibition, all all your competitors are going to be there. So how can you get an exclusive audience with all the people that you've actually met, okay, and continue that relationship, okay? So, and again, that goes back to what touch points are you going to have for that prospective Mm. audience after the event? Which is all in your planning stage. Exactly, yeah. You should be planning all of that. Absolutely, Not doing it after. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. A lot of companies... um, Go down the traditional route, okay? So the traditional route is we've got some space, uh, 
Uh, how big can our booth be? How much drink can we have on there? <laughs> uh, what giveaways can we uh, yeah, put on? Merch. Yeah, the the swag. Okay. Yeah. And you know what that does? It attracts the wrong kind of people. Okay, yeah. because you have your professional freebie collectors, you have your professional drinkers <laughs> on the booth, <laughs> um, and by taking that traditional hospitality approach, uh, yes, you will get a lot of people coming to your booth, but um, um, it's a lot of hard work uh, to filter through. Are okay. they the main mistakes that businesses make? Yeah. One of the other main mistakes uh, that I must mention is uh, a lot of companies like to um, scan a lot of badges, and their idea of a lead is mm-hmm. that, especially in the tech industry, okay? So... Um, we get a lot of uh, Silicon Valley companies uh, not mentioning any names. Okay. <laughs> uh, their idea of a sales lead is, can I scan your badge? Mm-hmm. Okay. And obviously, you know, uh, the data protection or GDPR has come in now. Okay. And uh, what's happened is uh, we used to go to, so we still work at shows like InfoSec, um, uh, Cloud Expo, and all of these uh, uh, technology-related exhibitions. And um, two or three years ago, uh, people didn't actually mind, uh, can I scan your badge? Yeah. Uh, and companies used to target like 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 scan, uh, scan badges. And that was there, like we've got 4,000 people uh, and we're going to put them through their email uh, filter and uh, the digital marketing campaigns and so on. Yeah, well, they start qualifying them after the exposition. Yeah, after exposition? the ex- exposition. Yeah, exhibition, yeah. Um, but what's happened is the feedback that we're getting now and uh, what our staff have noticed is since GDPR coming in, uh, somebody approaches an attendee and says, can I scan your badge? Uh, 70% of the time it's a no because uh, of GDPR because they don't just want any company... Uh, just spamming them with email, mm-hmm. okay? So um, in this day and age, uh, for technology companies especially, it's very important that they actually strike up a conversation uh, and uh, build a long-term relationship um, starting at the exhibition. So it's like focusing on lower num- volume but higher quality. Absolutely, yeah. Mutually of interest leads. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, exhibitions are really stressful environments, even if you love your product yeah. <laughs> today and I'm going to come to some uh, horror stories in a minute I love a good horror story so what advice do you have to um, pro- probably the, the people on the, the lead generators like how do they manage the pressure it is incredibly high pressure high high traffic kind of experiences how do you yeah. how do you manage that and can you make sure that they're mentally well okay uh, mentally um, it all boils down to um, a person's communication style. I mean, a lot of the people that we work with are recruited specifically for this kind of work. Um, and they actually enjoy the process because they want to talk to people, okay? Uh, they're not afraid of rejection, Yeah. okay? So it's finding so the right people, get the right people on the bus. Yeah, it's getting the right people. And it's actually recognising their, um, uh, their comfort zones, Okay, so if you had somebody who was very open and who who is very assertive, 
okay, then they're the right kind of people to have uh, at the front of the booth, okay, because they're not afraid of rejection. They're naturally inclined to the natural networkers. Uh, they are people, people, okay, um, and they love doing this uh, networking yeah. part all day. They'll do get it. A buzz. Uh, yeah, they get a buzz out of it. Uh, but if you get somebody who's very reserved and somebody who's not assertive, um, somebody who's quite shy, uh, so there could be uh, somebody from, you know, the technology department um, uh, where striking up a conversation is natural to them, mm-hmm. okay? Um, so... Are they the product demonstrator? Yeah, Put they would... The further yeah. back into the, the, the journey? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, uh, where... The ideal kind of job for those kind of people is actually doing the demonstrations, mm-hmm. okay? Because uh, at, a te- uh, at a technology show, people want to talk to people who are very knowledgeable, okay? Yeah. So um, uh, you can have a specialist uh, lead generator, engager, as we call them, uh, get them to engage and qualify initially. Uh, but when it comes down to explaining the product, uh, asking technical questions, answering technical questions, yeah. then the best type of people are the people who work um, in the customer services or the, uh, the technical uh, side. Yeah, product development. And then obviously um, you have uh, presentations. Uh, you can have uh, professional presenters okay, who can learn scripts um, and actually deliver a compelling presentations. And the advice that I would like to give uh, companies that run presentations is keep them short, okay? There is no, What's the magic number? The magic number Five is minutes? six minutes. Six minutes. Six minutes. Um, so uh, because you have, um, you remember at exhibitions, people want to get through as many stands as possible. Sure. Um, and you, again, you want to make it a compelling presentation. Uh, and that presentation, again, should be focused on hitting uh, that um your target audiences uh, buying uh, drivers and buying motivators. So, um, so if you can do a six-minute presentation, short, sharp, sweet, deals with the issues that they have, um, that makes it uh, more compelling for them. Okay, um, and uh, so just going back to the original question of how you can actually deal with the stress. Yeah, um, I think. Uh, being as working as part of a team, okay, all having similar objectives, okay. Uh, Everybody knowing their role. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because a lot of the time, uh, people are brought together from different departments. Yeah. But there's no common goal, okay. Um, and if you actually have a common goal and you actually have dedicated job roles, uh, that's a well-oiled machine operating uh, at the exhibition. Yeah. And um, the way we, uh, again, work when we manage a client's booth is we have a briefing in the morning, what our objectives are going to be for the rest of the day, mm-hmm. who is doing what, okay, uh, what time the shift changes are going to be, what times the breaks are going to be. So everybody is on the same wavelength. And then yeah. at the end of the day is we, we do a debrief. So what, what went well, uh, what didn't go well, how can we improve? Yeah. Okay. Because normally uh, it's two days. Exactly, yeah. You can improve for tomorrow. Uh, yeah, exactly. So um, and it's constantly recognizing and measuring what you're actually doing 
and whether that's hitting your goals or not. Because if you go into an exhibition and your target was to get, you know, 50 qualified sales leads and by the end of day one, you've only got 10, mm. then there is something seriously, drastically wrong. Yeah. Either your engagement needs to change or you, you yeah. need to so change if you're the questions. If your lead generator is bringing you 100 people to the product demonstration stage yeah. Yeah. and then they're not... You know, converting. Yeah. Yeah. Then obviously there's something absolutely wrong. So you need to recognize that Mm. and recognizing that after the show uh, isn't going to help you. So um, the key thing is to have a a booth captain, nominate someone who looks after all that. Okay. Um, Would they be doing any of the process? uh, They can be. Okay. Uh, Or they can just, if you have a team which is bigger than six people, then you need a dedicated uh, booth captain, make yeah. sure everything is running smoothly. Like a project manager for the day. Exactly, yeah. Nice. Um, and then, obviously, everybody needs to do their part, uh, work as a team. And then at the end of the evening, uh, um, you've worked hard, go and relax, play have hard as well, have a drink, <laughs> relax. So what conferences are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can do all of that, yeah. but obviously... Uh, do it in moderation mm-hmm. uh, because you want another day. You've got another day. Uh, what you don't want to be doing is um, having uh, what you call a Guinness breath, <laughs> <laughs> or other drinks, <laughs> or, or other drinks. Um, uh, and obviously, you want to look fresh. Uh, yeah. First impression is very, very important. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, work hard, play and do it hard, again. And that do, resilience uh, again as well. yeah, build that resilience in. And the other key thing is, um, again, I see this over and over again um, at a lot of exhibition fairs: is uh, being present um, and actually enjoying what you do. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't worry about. I just recently wrote a piece, um, um, and it was all about you know not taking your office work. Uh, to the exhibition. Yeah, okay. put the phone down. Uh, put the phone down, uh, put your laptop away. Um, if you are going to an exhibition, uh, focus on the task at hand, okay, be present, because the worst thing that you could do is be talking to somebody uh, and looking at your phone who's yeah. ringing, okay? Or you could have your back turned um, and actually doing, and doing your emails. Miss people completely. And you're putting people off because... They, they don't, they don't want to feel push. valued. Absolutely. They don't uh, feel valued. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, and again, it goes back to the two things I said, be ready to do business, okay, or be doing business. Yeah. Okay. Be so, ready to talk or be talking. Yeah, okay. absolutely. That's the only two things you should be doing there. So what's, because um, you've obviously done 300 different events and... Uh, Actually over 3,000. Is it 3,000? Sorry. We do, we do over 300 per year. 300 per year. Yeah. Um, in those 3,000, you must have had to try and sell some horrendous products. <laughs> we do love a, we do love a horror story, so I don't want to name any names, but I'll tell you mine. Okay. Probably the, <laughs> the most challenging one I've done is um, the... But it was uh, actually not in an exhibition, but it was like a promotions thing. So it was back in a period when I was uh, during redundancy. So I had to do uh, Purina pet food uh, for cats and kittens in Jolly's pet food stores. So I used to go in on a Saturday morning from nine o'clock in the morning to six o'clock at night and convince anybody that was coming in to buy cat food to buy Purina through these promos that we were doing. (laughs) And like I didn't have a cat and we did have cats when I was a kid, but I wouldn't say like it was a massive cat like. Yeah. Like cats are all right. Like, yeah. hello, Vickers and Naomi for your cats. Right. Um, but, you know, I didn't have this passion for cats, yet yeah. I had to sell it, uh, like, yeah. for nine hours a day. Okay. 
<laughs> you must have some kind of like some kind of crazy things like that. Uh, the craziest show I can remember doing is the Pig and Poultry Show okay. in Stonley Park. But that was actually for a publisher where we were promoting their magazine. Okay. Uh, that was quite uh, interesting for me. Uh, but uh, luckily, um, the way that we've run our business um, is that uh, we don't take products that we're not sold on. Okay. Um, or where we can't actually add any value. So... Um, we, when I started the business, uh, like I said to you before, I didn't actually do it for the money. Mm -hmm. I did it for the passion. Um, so uh, we uh, don't do alcohol promotions. Um, um, and we don't do um, uh, unethical uh, products. Sure. Um, so uh, we try to focus on business to business. Okay. Uh, obviously, uh, the promotion world is... Um, uh, there's a, it's very competitive. Uh, we as a company, and again, a tip for entrepreneurs when they're starting off their business is know the value of you, what you, know the value of what you do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, we don't compete on price as a business. Okay. Um, and if a company comes to us and says, uh, another company can provide a staffing, uh, for a lot lower. Mm -hmm. uh, we hold our hands up and say, well, go ahead. go ahead, please, yeah. Because um, we have our core clients, our customer retention rate is over 70% year on year. Yeah. Um, and uh, we know the value of our people. Um, and I think that's that's very, very important to me. Um, and I, uh, when we take a project, we fully look at what the company's objectives are, what kind of a target audience, and if I can't add value, Mm. then we don't do it. Um, and it has to be, uh, you know, a project that we feel proud to be on, okay? And we've done, I mean, we work a lot in pharmaceuticals. Uh, we work in aviation. We work in uh, automotive. Um, and these are all great markets that I'm very passionate about. Um, and the great thing about our business is that we get to learn a lot more about these products and services. Um uh, I mean, in the early days, we did pro take projects because obviously we needed the cash flow. Yep. Um, Beggars can't be chasers at the start. Sorry? Beggars can't be chasers. Beggars can't be choosers. That's absolutely right. But when uh, you get a threshold after like two or three years, yeah. uh, once you've got a foothold in the market, you can actually uh, control, uh, you know, and put... Um, do what you're doing in, yeah. in the exhibitions qualifying your own leads absolutely yeah. yeah absolutely yeah I mean like I said the proof is in the pudding in terms of what we do um, yeah. we like to add value to what we're doing and we want customers to value us as well uh, we've actually uh, another great advice for up and coming entrepreneurs is uh, if customers don't value you uh, and don't let you be the expert um then it's time to sack them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the thing is, it's um, as an as an entrepreneur um, and as a business person, the biggest thing I've learned is that you can actually spend a lot of time bending over bank, uh, bending over backwards to please your client, but then you look back in terms of how much time that took, and then you look at the profitability of that relationship, and you think. Uh, 
you know, why did I do what I did? Yeah. Uh, but it's not actually making me any money. It's not commercially viable. It, it's yeah. not commercially viable. So you have to make that very hard decision to say, look, uh, we love working with you, uh, but obviously we're spending a lot of time and it's not commercially viable for us to sure. continue the relationship. And it's not to be afraid of doing that. Um, so it's about knowing your, knowing your worth. Yeah. And about knowing your numbers. Yeah. And like you've just lovely, just to help wrap up this podcast, those yeah. pieces of advice are what we always look for from our guests. Yeah. Um, what are your other final pieces of advice and tips to businesses to maximize their leads? The first advice is know your target audience, know what their drivers are. Okay. I think that is the biggest mistake that businesses make. They have a lead, but they don't know what that lead actually wants. Mm. Okay. And it's to prepare your questions, what you need to ask them to learn the information that you need to make an effective pitch. Okay. And focus on your target audience. Okay. Don't make it about yourself. Okay. Do not go in and pitch, um, you know, blind. Okay. Um, Ask questions, get to know your target audience, what their drivers are, what their motivators are, and then only then do your pitch. And then it should be common sense, okay? It should be a no-brainer uh, because if you've ticked off all the motivators, then it doesn't become a um, um, a transaction. It becomes a relationship because sure. you're actually meeting they're uh, meeting their requirements, okay? And you're building a long-term relationship. It's not about a one-off transaction. And that's the second tip is don't make it, don't make your business transactional. Make it relationship-based because um, the one thing that got me through the recessions, the currency crises, uh, and all of these things is the very strong foundations that we actually have with our clients, okay, because we can depend on them to keep giving us business and it doesn't matter what happens, okay. Um, and, you know, I think that's what makes a valuable business is when you have strong relationships um, and uh, businesses can support you, they value you, okay, and they will continue to do business with you. And, um, and my last piece of advice is be the expert, okay? Uh, and be there for your clients, okay? And go out of your way to actually support them. Uh, a good example is um, a recent project that we did uh, for uh, an event agency in uh, Germany. Um, uh, they came to us and said, we need uh, a number of brand ambassadors to promote um uh, a car company uh, at the, all the Formula E series uh, around the globe. Uh, but uh, do you know of uh, how we can uh, get uh, uh, walkie-talkies, how we can get SIM cards? And these are services that we don't normally provide. And uh, what I said, okay, let me uh, see what we can do. And at the end of the day, um, we decided to do it ourselves. Uh, went home, I thought, yeah, it's not difficult to do. Uh, I can take care of that for you. I didn't actually charge them anything for it, okay? I charged them at cost, whatever it cost me, to get the SIM cards uh, and the radios. Um, and um, that, just based on that, um, uh, and actually also providing on-site support as well, and actually going out of my way, being on-site for them, 
uh, actually making sure that everything was okay. I actually didn't do anything, okay, but just being there for them, sure. and actually advising them on the adding day to day, um, and actually adding that value. Um, so what that has meant is um, we've uh, we did the event last year. That got renewed to this year, and we've just renewed the contract again for next year. Um, and the business has grown. I think uh, the same contract has grown by 40% this year, and I'll probably grow by 50% again. next year again. So just as um, a gesture of goodwill, by actually doing that, uh, we've actually increased our value with the client. And now what, what's happened is they've, giving us start, they've started giving us more projects yeah. because they actually value what we do. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So... Um, always add value because once you know your value, then you can actually add it. Yeah. And if you become the expert, then people value that even more. And I think where clients don't value your expertise, uh, that's when you start need to ask questions about the relationship. Lee, I have thoroughly enjoyed listening to all of your advice um, today. Um, it makes, takes me back quite a few years to my days <laughs> as a promo girl. Um, for businesses that are in that kind of expo exhibition space, I think you've shared quite a lot of um, tips and guides that will help them improve, become better exhibitors and add more value to their experience and also the experience of the attendees. Um, so for those businesses that are on that journey, I hope today's podcast uh, will certainly give you a better night's sleep. Thank you. Present light to feel from